Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is the 18th of May, 2022, and we have two very disappointing Nationals performances to talk about. They dropped the first two games of their series with the Miami Marlins. Um, and we're going to have a larger conversation about like how, as fans, we can sit down and try to enjoy this because uh, clown car the last couple nights. And if you're a Nationals fan and you're upset, I think you have plenty of reason to be with a couple performances that we saw. We'll talk about all that and more coming up on today's show. You are locked on Nationals. Your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast, 18th of May, 2022. Uh, Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You all can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And you guys can find us now on YouTube as well. Finally got the Big 12. So you guys know I do locked on Big 12 too. Finally got the Big 12 flag fixed in the back. Uh, things look different because I had the mirror on. Uh, and so now it actually just looked better with the mic on one side, the lower intro, lower third there on the other side. Uh, now I flipped it. So people stop asking me why the big 12 sign is backwards. Uh, it is now forwards. Now everything is good. If you guys are watching here on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, so you guys know how we do this. What we usually do is we set things up. All right. For where the nationals are. Then we talk about the games. Uh, for those of you who are new, that's normally how we do it. So, um, and I'll also, we have an interesting article that has come today that we do have to, discuss it's on espn plus all right so uh the nationals are 12 and 26 they are 12 games under or 12 games out of the first place new york mets who are 24 and 14 they are five and a half back of the braves they are six back of both the marlins and the phillies they are 5 and 15 at home they are 7 11 on the road they are minus 46 in the run uh run differential department they have lost three straight games and they are three and seven in their last 10. Um, the last two results were, were really difficult. And this is where we're going to start. We're not going to really like talk about the games as much at this moment. Um, because it's been really like the last couple nights were so difficult to watch. And really the last, like I'd say since last Thursday, uh, the 12 things have been tough to watch. They lost four, one, uh, 6-1, they won 13-6, then lost 8-0, 8-2, and 5-1. The offense has had one good game in between all of that. And uh, the pitching is occasionally okay, occasionally crap. The defense has been horrific the last couple nights. The discipline at the plate, on the base paths, and in the field has been really, truly subpar. And Last night when the Nationals were tossing the ball around, I just turned the game off. I, I turned the game off because I was saying, you know what? I cover this team. I'll go, I'll go ahead and I'll watch you know, the, the rest of the, the highlights and happens. I'll watch it tomorrow. But I've seen enough. When they were down late, nobody expects this team to come back because they haven't really done it before because their offense is oftentimes quite stagnant. Um, their defense is not up to par. The, you know, the... 
pitching usually, you know, actually the bullpen has been pretty decent so far this year. The thing that doesn't happen for them is the good things don't all come together, right? They don't get good starts matched up with good offense. Um, they don't have nights, you know, rarely they have a night where the offense just takes over, right? <clears throat> there are rarely nights with the pitching just totally takes over for them and carries them from pillar to post throughout an entire ball game. Those things just aren't happening for the 2022 Washington Nationals. And I've seen a lot of fans really frustrated about this. It's even sparked articles uh, right now, like we're seeing on ESPN. If you go to their MLB page, their first article right now is, will Juan Soto be traded? 10X factors to watch as MLB's trade market heats up. This is an ESPN Plus exclusive from Buster only, but he says at 23 years old, Soto is already a superstar and there aren't any comparable examples of hitters of his stature being dealt at such a young age, but rival execs of the Nationals might well be compelled and motivated to move Soto this summer. They have already tried and failed to sign, sign him to a Whopper contract extension. He is represented by agent Scott Boris, who is almost always going to take his clients to free agency which begins for Soto after the 2024 season. So not this year, not next year, after the following years. The Nationals have two-plus more seasons with him left, uh, over two and a half left. The Nationals are going through significant transitions. The team is reportedly for sale. GM Mike Rizzo is in the last year of his current contract, and the franchise that won the World Series in 2019 is terrible so far in 2022. He goes on to say that Soto is making $17.1 million this season in his first year of arbitration eligibility, and he's likely to earn a a record salary through arbitration next season. Quote, if they're not going to sign him, then they'll need to trade him, one evaluator said. The question is, when? Um, I, so there's, there's, this goes on to say there's more about this, but look, like, I think it's way too early to have this conversation with the Nationals trade Juan Soto. I, I don't think they should. Um, that's a fundamental belief by me that for those who own baseball teams, uh, you know, the goal is to win. And you had Bryce Harper let him go. Obviously, you know, you're spending money that time, so it worked out and you won a championship. But letting Juan Soto go or trading Juan Soto would get you a massive haul. Yes, 100% it would. But what is the point of this thing if you're not going to keep players like that? Now, I know it comes at an exorbitant cost. I mean, keeping players like Soto is incredibly expensive. He might just be better off. You know, some people might say this. Some people might say you are better off trying to get more good players for cheaper than one big stick for, uh, for a lot of money. Sure, I understand that. But prospects for nationals have not always been sure things. They're not sure things for anybody. This is a guy that guarantees you're going to put asses in seats, you're going to put jerseys on backs, and you're going to bring a level of excitement and quality of play, at least from one position, to the ballpark, uh, you know, most nights. Now, look, I've been critical of his play, and we talked about it with Matt Wyrick about the amount of times recently that we've seen him pressing. Sure, that stuff is there too, but to me, just because the Nationals really suck does not mean they should they should entertain this. Their goal should be to get Juan Soto under contract and then find an owner who is, you know, who uh, ownership group, whatever it is, that is willing to try to make this thing compete again. Because a player like that, we know those teams should try and compete. Maybe you toss him, maybe you trade him. The sooner the better, I guess you could say. I mean, yeah, his value is never going to be higher than it is right now. You're going to get two years of him under arbitration and then, uh, you know, you can get him the contract year. So the, uh, you know, his value as an asset 
it's incredibly high, but it feels like what what team could put together a package? I mean, you're talking about some major league ready guys now, yes, um, and some prospects, but the whole point of like you have to match up so many things and you need the contracts for those new players at the major league ready guys to match up to be like, all right, we're going to have these guys um, until a point, you know, like they're going to help us get to a point where we can contend the young guys need to be able to come up and, and kind of build that core that you've got going. I mean, to get fair value for a player of one Soto's stature, it's incredibly hard, right? Think about trying to trade guys like a Giannis Antetokounmpo in the NBA. I mean, what could possibly even be a package that is worth a player as good as that, a Luka Doncic, if you will? I mean, it's really hard to think about a package. Look, you guys even heard me last year. Like, I thought the Nationals maybe didn't even get compensatory um, value for the Max Scherzer trade. They got four prospects, but I thought they gave up. I thought they could have gotten the two top guys. They got Josiah Gray and Kbert Ruiz for just a Max Scherzer, for just a Trey Turner, for both those guys. I know, you know, who knows what Gerardo Carrillo and Donovan Casey might be, but I think the Nationals could have gotten more value for or just the same, I guess, you know, same level value for those one of those guys. You might disagree with that. That's totally fair. But I just think when you get into the dumping great players game, when you get to that point, if you're not a good team that's established, like it's tough to take advantage of that. Sure, if your ownership spending that much money on Juan Soto does hamstring you. But the the whole point is like this team was able to put together a front three of Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, and Juan Soto last year that basically single-handedly carried them for a month and would have carried them for longer if it weren't for injuries and them starting to you know, trade guys on a team that really wasn't that good. That was not a very good team last year, and they played awesome baseball for a good amount of time because of you know a, a few guys in the lineup that really got things going and laid the pressure, you know, made things uh, a bit easier for others. So, you know, I think a player like Soto just it can be a crown jewel. The problem is. Right now, you're hitting you know, Cesar Hernandez ahead of him. Um, and I love Josh Bell. Josh Bell's been really strong so far this year. He's been great. But Josh Bell is not like, you know, grounds in a bunch of double plays. Like, you've like you you've got to have somebody behind that, you know, who's also a good player. And they thought Nelson Cruz might be. Sure, whatever. Um, this I said before the season, this lineup was going to be decent. Um, it was going to be good. The Nationals were going to hit. And by some metrics, they actually have had a nice offense. The problem is, just like last year, they're not capitalizing. They're not driving guys in. So this is a team that, once again, I st- they're, they're third in the league in batting, uh, the National League, I should say, in batting average this year. Uh, oh, actually, the, yeah, the entire league. They're third in the entire league in terms of batting average on the season. Now, that's not manifesting itself in runs uh, necessarily. The, the Nationals are 15th, so they're middle of the pack when it comes to runs. So that's obviously something that you have to think about, too. You know, the, they're hitting, but they're not driving in guys uh, kind of at the level that they're hitting. And that makes sense. So I think there's a whole lot of factors here the Nationals have to consider. Like th- this team, yeah, it does feel far away, but building something around Juan Soto, it's going to take some cash. It's going to take some cash. And look, you know, the, the Steven Strasburg thing is really unfortunate. They, lo- they, they um, you know, it's, they got unlucky. The Nationals got unlucky. The Patrick Corbin thing has been difficult. I mean, you know, you see a lot of guys out there get injured. Corbin, it's crazy. He's been able to go every single fifth day. But it's just not worked out for them. 
Um, and so maybe if you take that view, maybe you say, yeah, I mean, th- there's so many things, so many areas of this team, the nationals could build upon if they, um, if they traded Soto, the one thing is once again, to compete all the, a lot of those guys would have to hit, then the free agents would have to hit. And then look, I know you might say this is team building, but like the whole point of team building is you got a bunch of established guys together already. Dodgers been good for a long time. Team building is because they're willing to spend that money. The Nationals are willing to spend for a while, but you can't just stop. Like you can't just stop being willing to spend money. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be a through line. You got to be able, you know, willing to spend money. And if things don't go well after you sell guys off, you got to be willing to jump back in. And I, I mentioned strategically spending money, but you have to strategically spend money then once you do. Like that's how this system works. If you want to continue to be good, and the Nationals don't really are uh, not really showing a desire right now to continually be good. So look. Trading Juan Soto, the option is there. The value would never be higher. Finding a package, nearly impossible. I mean, nearly, you know, I, I, like his value is there. Try to find me a, a package together. You guys might be comment if you want to. Put together packages in the comments and tell me things that, you know, you might want to see. Once again, I'm not the biggest prospect guy. Maybe we have Lindsey Crosby on. I think we should do that and talk to him and ask him about, you know, what what teams could possibly put together packages for Juan Soto. But the idea out there to trade him, I'm sure people are going to sniff around as the Nationals continue to get worse and worse. I know as somebody who's watched a lot of DC baseball, I know for a lot of you all who are fans out there, that's not something I want to see. You're surrendering at that point. Look, there might be new exciting guys in the come up, but this guy's 23. He's going to be a major factor uh, for years to come in Major League Baseball. He's going to, a guy, you know, things going to win MVPs having a bad year and his numbers are still really strong by most player standards this year. So look, I think for the nationals trading one Soto would be a mistake uh, at this point in time. You may disagree. That eh, might be fine. I, I might hear your, um, you know, I might, I might hear your, hear your thoughts on that. You guys might post them as well, but if I'm the nationals, I'm not trading one Soto at this point in time. Although once again, Buster only does bring up some interesting points. All right, quick word from our sponsors. Then we'll hit on the games. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. Guys, if you're not on LinkedIn, you need to get on LinkedIn. With spring in the air, it's time for renewal and growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to find people to talk to for faster and for free. Create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire and uh, interview as well. So once again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that 40 million people uh, have found jobs uh, or 40 million job seekers, I should say. Visit LinkedIn, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. So uh, I usually work backwards, but we'll work like, you know, the most the latest game first. Um, we'll do it the other way around. We'll go to the first game of the series just to build this out a bit. So 
Nationals in the first game lose eight to two and Aaron Sanchez gets tagged. And that's, that's going to happen because he's Aaron Sanchez and he's honestly not that good. Um, you know, at this point now he's, he's got a 7.94 in run average. Um, and, uh, the bullpen had to throw over five innings because, you know, the, the, the starter just couldn't do much. The offense was not very good. Sandy Alcantara was fantastic. Eight innings, three hits, five Ks, one earned run over a hundred innings. That's just going to happen. Some nights this lineup's going to run into a really good pitcher. The Nationals only, uh, you know, they were they were two for nine with runners in scoring position in their eight to two loss. And Juan Soto's struggles kind of continued in this game. And uh, in this game, though, Hernandez, uh, or excuse me, Hernandez, um, Alcides Escobar and Nelson Cruz got the night off, which was nice to see. Uh, D Strange Gordon is still out there hitting 167. So shout out to D Strange Gordon. Still gets to play. Uh, and yeah, this was, was not a very good performance. Capped off by it's just some of the worst defense that you're ever going to see um, in this game. I mean, there was in the bottom of the seventh, Solaire with that single that had, uh, you know, a couple throwing, I think it was like one or, one or two throwing errors. I'm not sure how many they scored it, scored it as, but the Nationals were just throwing the ball around the ballpark that allowed. Um, three guys to score, I think it was. and Yeah, three guys score on that play. And you're sitting there and you're just saying, like, this is this is the clown car defense, right? And that takes us to game two where it came in where the ball, you know, um, Nationals get picked off earlier in this game against the Marlins. And this game, there's, there is a positive coming to the show. I promised Juana Doan in game number two of this series. Um but there is a point where I think Erasmo Ramirez, yeah, was in the mound, and he was in there in the uh, seventh, seventh, I think it was seventh inning, and throws the ball to try to pick off over at first, and the ball gets by on the pickoff. Uh, two, by the way, the Marlins in the seventh inning, y'all, uh, two runs on one hit and three errors is how they scored. The ESPN thing can't even comprehend what happened in the bottom of the seventh. They don't have anything listed. Um so the Erasmo Ramirez misses the pickoff throw. Then Josh Bell tries to throw it over to third and misses badly and throws it into left field, allows another run to score. And you're thinking, wow, for a team that had like a team only meeting, this is pretty embarrassing. Th- this is this is the problem too. When I mentioned we talk about the Juan Soto trade thing, um, this is a problem where you constructed a team this year that had literally no chance of being competitive. Like there was, there was no chance that this team could be competitive on a day-to-day basis when you were going to play guys like D strange Gordon a whole lot, when you were going to play guys, you know, like Cesar Hernandez is like one of the big acquisitions that you make, you know, when you're playing Alcides Escobar as much as you are, like it's not a guy who's been hitting for a lot of power, you know, when Lane Thomas, we thought he was okay. You know, is is a guy that's not even like starting as much in left field because shout out to Yadiel Hernandez, but Yadiel Hernandez has been, you know, like one of your better Betty hitting players. You know, it's just it was not going to work out for the Nationals with this. Um, and the one thing you can do though is like effort in playing defense, and uh, they've got to clean that up. It's unacceptable to be tossing the ball around the yard the way these guys are. Like it's a little league team. One time I played little league, y'all. I gave up an inside the infield grand slam as a pitcher because a ball was hit to me. I tossed to first. Uh, there were two outs and the person playing first missed the ball. They got the ball back and threw it to third and threw it against the fence. And then I had to run and get that ball and I tried to throw it home and the throw was not in time and everybody scored. So, um, and I left, the field, I was like 11 or 10 
And I left the field crying at that point. Uh, and so I was like, this is awful. This is horrible. That's what, that's what the nationals are doing. Like it might be acceptable to happen at that level at the 11 and 12 level. You know, the things can happen if your team especially sucks, like that stuff will happen. It should not be happening in the major leagues and it should not happen on consecutive nights. It just goes along with, you know, them grinding double plays, making soft contact, bad approaches against Cody Petit, getting picked off at first, Victor Robles, um, bases loaded against a guy, you know, only throwing sliders in the sixth. They did a good job loading the bases, but Nelson Cruz couldn't come through. I mean, you know, this all this stuff is compiling. And look, that's why I turned it off last night. The Nationals are hard to watch. Um, I can come on today and talk to you guys about what happened, not having to watch the complete game last night, because what else has to be said? They didn't mount a rally. Um, there was another almost snafu in the outfield where a ball dropped between Yadiel Hernandez and Victor Robles because it looked like the communication was bad. They both backed off the ball because they didn't know who was going to get it. would have been a tough play, but nobody could make the effort because there wasn't communication. I mean, we've seen a bunch of times this year where it seems like guys in the outfield are just not communicating very well. The Nationals are a train wreck. They are a complete and utter train wreck right now. They are tied at this moment for the most losses in baseball with the Cincinnati Reds. That's where they are. That's a team that was constructed. They can't survive any injuries because they don't have any depth. And uh, it's 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 a joke. Like it is really, if you feel like it's a joke, you're not wrong. The Reds are 10 and 26. The Nationals are 12 and 26. So the Nationals are not the worst team in the league, but in terms of winning percentage, they are currently the second worst team in all of baseball. The Reds have a 278 Winning percentage, the Nationals have a 316 one. It's kind of where we're at, folks. It's kind of where we're at. Uh, all right, one more quick break from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. Go to built.com right here, guys. You can see a uh, Built Puff wrapper. I did have this last night, uh, the birthday cake Built Puff. It is delicious. It's good for you. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein. And it tastes like birthday cake. So you guys can go to built.com today. Built.com, promo code uh, LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at built.com today. Once again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com today. Uh, Go to built.com. There you go. All right, one more game left in the series. We'll be able to talk about it tomorrow. It is another 640 start. No getaway game today because the Nationals are off on Thursday before they travel uh, to Milwaukee for a three-game set. So the matchup is Pablo Lopez against Josiah Gray. Uh, Lopez has been fantastic. Four and one with a 1.05 earner on average, 46 Ks and a .81 whip, which is third best in the league. ERA that is best in the majors right now. He has been fantastic. And so Josiah Gray will have a chance to rebound against a lineup that is hitting pretty well. And I'll, I forgot to mention Yoan Adon. Um Pitched well last night. The one mistake he did make was a ball. I mean, it wasn't really much of a mistake. It was actually a high fastball, I think 95 up on the edge to Miguel Rojas up in the corner. And he just turned on it and just whacked it out to left field. But he had a really good start, one that was worthy enough of having the Nationals compete, and they could not against Cody Petit. There's a little rhyme for you right there, who got through almost five innings, I think, um, on 54 pitches. They had him in a pitch count. It was going to be a you know a situation where they were really happy with how much length that he gave them. But Adon goes four and two-thirds, five hits, one earned run, two Ks. 
not a bad start for him. Obviously, we're grading him on a curve because he hasn't been too good, but that was at least one positive from last night. We'll see if the Nationals can pick up a win, snap the three-game skid, because uh, things aren't looking good right now. All right, you guys can find me on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Find me personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show, every your podcast, and on YouTube as well. So next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.